Hi everyone, it's Joakim Makren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. In this week's podcast episode, I'm talking with Henry Lindgren, who is the CEO of Lightyear, a Helsinki-based hyper-casual developer. The company Lightyear has gone through lots of changes. They were first founded in 2015 to build and publish educational games. Uh, and they raised a bunch of VC money. But then they had to pivot away from educational games. Uh, now the company has done a turnaround and is a thriving hypercasual studio. So in this discussion with Henry, uh, we talk about the pivots, how the company culture has changed through the years of change, and what does hypercasual look like in 2021. But before we go to this episode, here's a few words from our sponsors. Are you a mobile game developer who's looking to try something new on the ad creative side? My top pick would be influencer-generated content, IGC, by Opera Event. Influencers and actors will make specific content from your games and Opera Event will deliver you high-quality video ads that highlight the best parts of your game. Go to getigc.com to see some examples. That's getigc.com. All right, we are live. Hi, Henry. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Joachim. Great to be here. Want to start talking about stuff. You've been busy for the last few years since we last saw each other before the pandemic. You were for still sure. at your at your previous uh, gig, and you joined Lightyear as CEO recently. Uh, and it's such an interesting like phase for you as a as a first time CEO being in this position. I think there's a lot of people in the listeners here who who will like to hear what it is like to to jump into sort of like this CEO role. So I hope hope we can share a lot of details today. For sure, yeah, it's a, it's been an interesting interesting roller coaster, and I, I think the the like the biggest thing uh, that has stick to my mind is the like uh, enjoying the ups and downs as much as possible because I, I don't think there's a uh, similar position in the in the industry that can can get, give give you the uh, highs and the awesome lows as well and that's it's, it's been amazing so far so really enjoying yeah. it yeah yeah totally so first i want to talk about the story of lightnir yeah. and kind of like the company so I, I think the company didn't start off with hyper casual games back in the day. Yeah, so so back in the day, Lightyear was founded in, in late 2015 by ex-Rovio executives. The, the purpose of the company was to develop education games for global market. We did a round of funding in 2017 to get off the ground. And, and with that money, we developed the game Big Bang uh, Legends, launched it globally, and then also did a lot of uh, marketing and PR for it. But eventually the, the world wasn't ready for it just yet. So uh, after some time, we decided to pivot 
to create hyper casual games. So that's kind of the, the pivot that happened in 2018, 2019. I came on board 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think the company really had this kind of like big momentum going on, like big funding sure. round early 2017 in this first phase of the company, like finish learning game studio, Lightyear raises 5 million seed round. And like what happened in the next two years after that race? So, well, basically, as, as I wasn't in the company back then, I'm not going to go too much into, into details, but it was uh, a lot, lot went, to, went to actually developing the game, iterating on it, and then obvi- obviously doing a lot of PR and marketing, participating events and creating partnerships. But it was decided to, we, we kind of realized that it's, we, we need to make, make something else. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think those those sort of pivot moments are are really interesting to cover. So the focus was set on hyper casual in 2019. Yep. Can you talk about the learning steps that were taken to build a business around hyper casual, like exiting learning games and going into hyper casual? Yeah, so we we did a, a pivot in 2019, 2018, some, somewhere a bit between that time. And we, well, so far we've been fortunate enough to actually find a few hyper casual hits already, which has crossed 75 million downloads across our games. And we're currently soft launching a couple of, couple of titles and hoping to f- find that couple of more hits by the end of the year. But when it comes to learnings, obviously I can't too, talk too much about what, what like, happened before I joined the company but for me the the key learning has been the the kind of the subtle balancing act between efficiency and healthy culture and and quality and quantity so to speak basically because we expect all of our game teams to develop a, a prototype at least every two weeks so we we market test all of our prototypes with our publishers and it's very important to get enough shots on goal it's a numbers game at the end of the day uh this is very kind of fast paced but at the end of uh, you also kind of need to remember the the healthy or healthness of uh, of the team and the stress that it puts to the game teams so in addition to having a lot of shots on goal i feel that we need to counterbalance that with with a very healthy culture that enables uh, these k- killing a lot of product because at the end of the day that's what you're doing you're you're killing 99 out of 100 prototypes that you develop obviously we want that number to be less but that that's the the mindset that you should have and that's the kind of the number that we are faced that you're you're killing most of your darlings and in order to do that you need to have a safe environment to to and learn so for for this i feel that the the culture is also a very important aspect of a hyper casual studio you got involved as the ceo in 2020 can you talk about that moment in the company like there was already a few games that were doing well regarding downloads there was growth but like how did things go when you joined in, in 2020 like mid mid 2020 uh also 19 the company had had couple of uh, rough patches in terms of uh, layoffs and uh, some key members leaving the team and we were kind of uh, 
in a in a good position as a as a company when I when I joined that we had a good good few months of, of runway ahead. There was like everything was in in a good order in in terms of that. But unfortunately, the the layoffs and and the team was uh, in a uh, in a well, I would say in a not not in the best place. So that was something that that uh, we we definitely wanted to work on. And as I mentioned, like the the culture and that foundation kind of that need to be need to be, I wouldn't say rebuilt, but kind of re- reinforced again. Can you share something about sort of that that moment of like making the runway of the company more healthy. I think this is like interesting when you have a a company that is doing a pivot it needs to mm. find a way to sustain that you don't need to basically die as a company like how, how did what were some takeaways there regarding like making a healthy runway so i guess it it, it again comes down to the, the the balancing act so at the same time we needed to make sure that our our runway is like very very healthy we can you know, lean on it for the next six to 12 months. We knew that we had already a couple of uh, games out and we wanted to ensure that they continued to grow and continued to be very successful. And there was actually kind of two things that we we did. First, we we wanted to take our, our currently kind of well-performing games and, uh, and really increase the, the, the revenue that they would bring, like really make strong uh, backbones and cash cows from from those and at the at the same time what we also wanted to do is is really build or, or rebuild the foundations of the team the the culture and and the, uh, the values of the team and i i do feel that it's 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 a long game it, it's it's something that you need to have your team uh, ready to to face the challenges that you are eventually going to face uh, and i think the culture and the values that that you bring to the team are are very important part of of just this so it's not like the having a healthy runway ahead is 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 great but for for longer term years ahead you also need to have that very very strong foundation in terms of of culture and the health of the team yeah can you elaborate more on when you joined what kind of observations you were doing and what you saw that needed to change in the company well i I think it. I think it boils down to uh, kind of understanding where the team was at at the time when I when I joined. I made a lot of or or had a round of one-on-one interviews with with everyone and tried to understand where we are as a as a team as a company and and how do that the team members kind of feel about the current like set up and, and and where we are currently one of the key things that i asked from the team was that like could you explain the current values of the company could you explain the current culture of the company and and this was a question that wasn't like people really couldn't answer to the question answers were most revolving around they told me that the values a year ago but i can't really remember it so that kind of told me that they they aren't they aren't part of the day-to-day development they aren't part why and and how the the company is is kind of doing its uh, week to week day to day operations. So I think that was one of the one of the key moments when when I realized that we kind of need to do we need to do something and and really rebuild the the foundations of the company. Mm, nice. Were there any any sort of things that were very much like something that kept you awake at night that that felt very very hard? 
for for either you personally not knowing how to to achieve and execute something that you wanted to change or something that you felt that maybe the company needs to change in a different way were there any hard things for you back at that stage well to to be honest i would have to say no because it was quite clear what we needed to do at at the beginning obviously there was a lot, lot of work ahead we needed to de- define our culture better we needed to define the values again we needed to really get a, like a deep dive in in into into the well I, I'm, i'm repeating myself but the foundations of the team but i i i felt it was very kind of clear from from the get go that that that's that's a key thing that we need to we need to handle before we can move into deeper into executing the strategy or or mm. modifying our our development process in in longer term so i think the first couple of months obviously we we continued to develop prototypes and and continued our day to day operations but one mm. of the key key strategic decisions that was made was really like get those get those foundations up and and yeah. really really solidified and take it from there yeah i think i need to approach this from a different angle then <laughs> like i, I want to sort of like because there's so many people in the audience who are who right. are first-time founders first-time ceos uh, or getting thinking about getting into that kind of role like right. how did you pick up the skills and the the knowledge of what needs to be done all this leadership stuff can you talk about some influential things that you've done or been part of previously Right so I I think that's a that's a great question I I don't think there's a one particular source or one particular influential thing that that would have like shaped me to to think and 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 kind of lead the way I I do obviously we are all results of our of our experiences and results of our how our brains are wired and and also how what what type of learnings have we picked up from either from experiences or from books and 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 great pot podcasts and and so on so i wouldn't say that there is a one particular thing like overall my my personality is very very positive and empathic empathic and i i really genuinely want what's the best for the people and and best for the the teams that i'm i'm working with i think that's one of the key things that kind of drives my leadership skills and and way of of leading and i want to get stuff done that's also one thing that i kind of combined the, the getting stuff done and and making sure that while doing that stuff the, the people that i do it with enjoy it and 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 are healthy and and feel motivated doing it so i think that's kind of uh part of the how how my brains are are wired i've also been very fortunate enough to work with with great companies and great people my previous employer veikkaus game studio and especially my my boss there shout out to kirsi taught me a lot about leadership and and i i got to test my learnings in in practice very much hands on so that that was a great leadership school for me i also think that like because we are molded and and shaped by our experiences it's so also important to have those not so great experiences and observe the not so great leadership and and learn from that too so i think like especially you know first time founders and and first time ceos and any any first time leader i i think that it's uh, just very important to like embrace also em- embrace the shit <laughs> and em- mm. embrace embrace that not those not so great moments because those those are the ones that are going to shape you as well and, and those are the ones that you know g- give you great 
great learnings too. So those failures and those not so great moments are are great teachers. Great, that's really good. Then I think we can move on to talk a bit more about the the company culture stuff and company awesome. values. Yeah, because like, you've now gone through an experiment at Lightyear where you actually worked on the values a lot. Like, how did you approach on ver- working on the values and How did you involve the the whole company in the process? One of the first things that I I did was uh, like these one-on-one discussions with uh, each of the team members. I also tried to include board of the company to to the discussions as well, but mostly mostly did the the discussions with our our team team members. And the one of the key key, key questions that we went through was the uh, like like how do you relate to the values of the company and as as i as i mentioned the, the feedback was that it, it, they weren't really part of the uh, everyday everyday development and work of the of the team so, so the company already had values when you joined the, the company had values when i when i joined yeah. it, it they just weren't like actively utilized in a way but and, and i'm not saying that it's it the the situation where the company was it it they they might have been more effective in 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 that uh, specific time and place with without focusing on on the values right. but i but i did feel that in order for us to move on in in order for for me to kind of state that this is a fresh start for 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 me this is a fresh start for everyone else so let's sit down and solidify our our values again but i didn't want to say that okay let's let's scrap our previous ones and let's form uh new values but like mo- mostly asking like what 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 type of like how do we want to work in the future and that that was kind of that was kind of the starting gun for the for the work that that lasted the the, the few months that that we made the work it's really good were you thinking about the the values showing up in the mm. work can you talk about the results of having worked on the values at Lightyear? and how it is now showing up in in your everyday work like when you are making games like what does it look like well i i guess i could quickly go through the process of like creating these values and and then kind of list, listing down those values in order to understand yeah. what what they they kind of mean to us so we started to work on on the values with with facilitation help from from Mia Savaspuro who was working with uh, Milton at the time but this leadership comes marketing consultancy company and uh, we we had uh, a series of workshops with the whole team so i think we did all together three different workshops with the team we kicked things off with a questionnaire asking how everyone felt with the current values we had back then well as i mentioned we we didn't want to start off by saying that hey guys your current values are shit let's create new ones it would have just indicated that we didn't appreciate the team's history and we didn't appreciate where they are at the moment and where they are coming from so it was better to start off uh by you know asking like okay where do we want to go go from here as a conclusion of this questionnaire and the first workshop we we noticed that the past values are are not necessarily fully reflecting the everyday work that we do and and hence the whole team wanted to reevaluate them quite quite from the from the ground up so the questions we asked in the following two quest workshops what kind of atmosphere do we want to create and foster together in the company and how do we 
treat people? How do we treat each other? How do we want to do business? What are the essential issues that we we stand for? And and what what are the things that we are not ready to com- compromise in in any way? Like even if this if the you know situation is very difficult, and especially on those moments when things are tough, what are the the pillars and the foundations that we are not jeopardizing and we basically continued listing down keywords phrases and and then continue to iterate with with the team and then we basically voted for the best ones and and i, I think that the top three majority definite majority top three was honesty respect and playfulness and those ended up being our our three key values nice but like you have the values then how do they show up when you're doing working on games? You want also to, to return to them often. You talked about this foundation of mm. building the culture and then working on the culture, but like, how do you see it actually working when you sort of like then go back to work? Yeah. So, well, as, as you mentioned, it's it's very kind of on the foundation of the of the culture the, the values are are driving the culture and then culture again drives the human to human behavior and, and relationships so i i do feel that the values are are indirectly reflected in every conversation or interaction or any piece of communication we do in our day to day development but i think like giving some concrete uh, examples we aim to be very honest and direct with our feedback and communication with each other we obviously do that in a very respectful manner but i i i do feel that if when you're giving feedback whether it's cross team or or peer to peer or one on one one on one discussions it's it's very important to be you know honest and and uh, direct about the the uh, the feedback one other thing i think and and one key thing about the honesty is that i think it needs to be a company wide thing and we aim to promote honesty and and transparency to to be very open about where we are financially where we are strategically uh, going as a company and sharing all that financial data and all the struggles as they emerge so i i do feel that this helps the the team to to keep aligned uh, with the company's objectives and and it also increases trust within the team members. So I think the, this is a very important thing to constantly nurture, like tr- being being just open and vulnerable sometimes helps to promote trust and, and engagement with the team. Mm. And uh, I think that's the like the key thing when it comes to honesty. So you need to you you need to be able to lead the honesty from from the top down and from top uh, top to up. So it needs to be like a common joint effort yeah can you talk about the challenges then when you're working with on on building the culture Mm. to to something new that reflects what the company is now and then you're still having the legacy of the company there somewhere like are there challenges when when you have a company that has pivoted from something else to this new thing oh yeah i i guess the like the biggest challenge is definitely the fact that you you do have that legacy culture and legacy ways of working that you haven't been part of like being being part of the team and uh seeing their reactions or behavior to some of the things that you you take forward it's it's you kind of know that okay there's something 
there's something behind this there's some some history behind here that i i have no idea i mean you can get some input here and there but it's you haven't lived it you haven't been there on the trenches with the team so you really don't have that experience for for yourself and that obviously is is challenging and and i think that's one of the reasons why i also wanted to you know, have a fresh start and rebuilding those foundations because in in that sense you would at least have a good chance in in getting the team behind the new direction and new way of yeah yeah i i think people being in those trenches bringing baggage legacy whatnot if yeah. you can do a fresh start it helps so much for sure i don't i don't know if 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 you can do like a complete fresh start ever but but i think like starting from from something as like some something as like so core in in the within the way that the people behave and and you as a, as as a part of the team starting from the values and and the, the people and the the behavior i think that's that's i wouldn't say an obvious start but that just that that goes very deep so i, I think that was a good way of starting the the fresh start or at least trying it yeah makes sense how have you developed your own execution skills like meaning that you properly plan things out and then you execute and let's say that there would be a moment where you need to make a really important decision maybe it's a pivot um, mm. doing it at the right moment and not stalling when you need to execute i think execution is it's a key part of you as a leader and you as a team you need to be able to to, to execute you need to have a plan before you execute i think without having a decent plan if and most of the time when you fail in the execution you don't learn anything if you if you haven't planned things you cannot really kind of react and and go to another direction without having having that plan beforehand but then on the other hand you if you just focus on the planning you're not really moving anywhere so you you need to have that you need to have that plan but you also need remember remember to you need to remember to execute and uh, well in, in finnish i have the saying mieti ja tee which means think and do it kind of um, summarizes the execution philosophy so 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 don't just think do but also don't just do also think so it's a it's a kind of subtle balancing act between these two and at the same time like having this uh, philosophy that you need to plan and you need to execute it's also important to know what are you deciding what are you executing so kind of the, the level of your execution as an as an example we could talk about strategic level execution say let's say six to twelve months horizon well as, as an example in our case we we made a strategic decision before the summer to move 50 of our game teams to develop hybrid casual games instead of uh, hybrid casual games and and this was a strategic choice that we wanted to plan and validate well before actually actually executing it so it took a bit longer for us to plan for it and then execute it uh But then when you take it to the operational level, whether it's month to month or week to week, the, the balance between the, the planning and execution is, is shifted. So I think you need to be able to, to kind of plan less and execute more on the operational, especially on the tactical kind of week to week level in order for you to be able to learn faster and get that kind of feedback loop. Really interesting sort of side question here which is like 
you mentioned that you guys did a big change where you decided to put a lot of effort on on this hybrid casual. Was that something that do you have like a, a management team where you discuss these like these possibilities of of taking the company into a certain direction or how do you how do you bring these to the table and how do you surface all the information needed to make these decisions well if we take the hybrid hyper game team as a, as an example we do a, a lot of comms with our coo demo kind of go through week to week going through the strategy and, and discussing like how how are we looking for the next say three to six to to twelve months, and what what are the possibilities that that we have? Different kind of scenarios we do continuously map out scenarios going forward, and then some of them happen and some of them obviously don't. And yeah. basically, in in that sense, it's it's a very kind of a continuous discussion with our management, me and and, and them, and also in our uh, operations team, but also in in our board. So we we took our our board member part of the as part of the conversation quite early on, and and kind of just went through different scenarios that that me and them had calculated that okay, these are the ways we can go, and this is the this is the upside of this scenario and this is the upside of that scenario and these are the risks and like we 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 think that we should go here but what do you guys think and getting a lot of input from 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 our board and from different kind of perspectives was very important for us to make that that decision because you you're not especially on a strategic level you're not making too many decisions annually you're you're not, you're not making these huge company changing decisions all the time so you better think and better get some you know input before you before you make those decisions yeah that's really interesting like previously we've been talking uh about like how you how you operate and mm. okrs like objectives and key results came up when we yep. talked about this uh these methods that you use at lightner can you can you elaborate more on how you use yeah so for well, i would say it's like operational level execution we're using this custom framework to basically put our strategy into action by our game teams so we use this objectives and and key results framework we actually used it like a better better part of the of the year now we have got like like a custom customized the framework to to suit our own needs a bit better but basically how Oh, how we work with OKRs is that we first have our company level OKRs, so objectives and, and key results. One objective example could be that, for example, experience significant growth as a company. That's an objective. We want to you know, reach that objective and some measurable results. So the key result of, of that objective would be revenue increased to XYZ million euros annually. So this is a key this is a clear company objective and one of one other example i could give is create a top tier game pipeline so this was an objective that uh, was important for us as a company and a key result how we measure this objective would be develop 100 releases during 2021 so this is some this is a good start for uh, each of the teams to start mapping out their own 
OKRs. So as a team and as a team member, I would then plan to, well, we had a cadence of two months. So basically you would plan your targets and OKRs uh, according to a two-month interval. As an example, a, a team OKR would be, for example, objective continuously improve finding a hit game. So that's a like a aspiring objective that you work towards as a whole team. And then key results for that objective would be, for example, develop four prototypes or market test for prototypes. One key result could be average CPI reduced to uh, half a dollar or then arrange four team retros. And all of these could be those key results that drive that one objective and that's that's basically how the teams then get their execution aligned with the with the company level objectives and we basically do this then every every couple of months and well now we have actually decided just recently to to change the cadence or change the 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 framework a bit to to be a more better suited for us not as strict and a bit more more flexible to to kind of a suit our dynamic environment of hyper casual development so so this has changed quite quite recently a bit nice nice like you talked about getting all these learnings from hyper casual now and like i wanted to ask like as the final question like or before we go to to my regular final questions like one thing about what you guys are doing can you give advice for people who are entering hyper casual or this kind of whatever hyper core like like there's like hybrid casual these namings but like if they're starting a journey in that realm um, like you've learned a ton from what works when you're working with this kind of developer publisher relationships and how do you build a studio around that well i would say in in addition to what what we've discussed today about having that good good culture emphasizing that and and making sure that the teams have the psychological safety to to thrive and and function very well as a as a team i feel that you need to you need to fail fast that's that's one of the key things obviously having that psychological safety and good culture drives the team to fail and learn fast it's a it's a very obvious phrase but you you do need to be developing prototypes within one or two weeks to to validate the game's marketability in in the and and also the first days of engagement as a hyper casual studio you're constantly trying to hit the moving target that is the uh, hyper casual market and you need a lot of ammo to do just that so you need to have a lot of shots on goal so to speak and well, we are in a happy position that we have our, our own, we call it Lightning framework that enables our teams to develop prototypes quite fast or can, can kind of start already with a, with a tech framework. But even without such a, such a framework, I think you, you should be hitting that maximum of two-week development and, and learning cycle, definitely. Also, I think it's important to look what's happening outside of games. So when, when you're doing your market research, look at the whole entertainment spectrum not only games we continuously see the change of hyper casual trends that are coming from social media or entertainment trends for example squid game on netflix just appeared before that we had milk crate challenge from youtube and there's a lot of trends from tiktok and and other channels so you need to be on a lookout for what's happening 
like generally on the entertainment spectrum, not not only games. Yeah, you you need to look for a publisher that's uh, that's suitable for you and your team combo. Try to kind of combine what's what 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 type of games you want to create, and then try to search for a, a suitable publisher for that. Uh, I, I think lastly, know know your numbers. Uh, you need to be very kind of business orientated, like first from the first day whether you are a programmer or an artist or a designer in the team you need to know what affects your game cpi you need to know what affects the play time or day one retention and make decisions accordingly so setting up that right camera angle right color palette and the right theme is, is very very important and you need to because you're, you're getting you're getting your numbers very fast you need to know what or if you don't know yet you need to start learning fast what what affects and and what so having that business oriented mindset from early on is, is very important for a hyper casual developer one follow-up question that i have to this which go ahead i, I think it, it's like do you already see like how much of like a live operations model you want to have when you have a hit hyper casual game I think that's a great question. We have found that, that there's different types of hits or different types of, well, I would say different types of hits. You have those that are in the in the top charts for for a while, and then they go down quite mm-hmm. fast, and and the the overall lifetime expectancy is isn't large. And those are usually the games that are very trend orientated. And then on the other other end of the spectrum, you have these more well. I will give an example from from our portfolio, Pasuba Boy, which isn't really tied to a trend. It's it's a very easy to pick up and hyper casual game to play, but it is not like this very specific trend oriented game that I feel that has allowed more like longer lifetime for it and and has enabled us to to build. Uh, a very sustainable live ops with that game. You need to balance out with with the team that has developed the game. You need to balance that. Okay, how much time you're spending on live ops and how much updates do you do with the publisher to make the the game rock and how much time do you spend in creating new prototypes? So it's a it's a balancing act. And well, we don't, we don't have a right answer for it just yet. I feel that now it's half and half. Sometimes it's like 70-30, other way, uh, either way around. So it's it's a great question, and I'm not sure if I even answered it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll ask a, a follow-up question. To this <laughs> like, have you observed people who are working on hyper casual that you have the quickest pace to get things out quickly, to get them into the players' hands, and you're constantly starting new ideas, trying out? Like, how do you split the team? Or the whole company in like people who who would work on the new ideas versus people who would work on that hyper casuals live title that's been live for over a year because like do you intentionally think about like these people are better on the live titles because they they are tuned better for Mm. mature games versus people who are better at prototyping, ideation, looking at what's going on in social media, the trends. Do you have any thoughts there? Well, our approach has been so far that we we try to give or, or try to have the team uh, from the prototype to the live ops continuously the, the same. So whether you are a designer or a programmer or, or, or an artist in the team, you would be following that team from from the beginning to the very end. Obviously, there are there are different strengths and, and weaknesses among 
all of us, all, all the designers or, or artists or, or programmers. So at least how we approach it, there is no kind of live ops team and then prototype team. We would expect our all of our teams to be able to do good prototyping and also live operations with our publishers. So that that's that's our approach. It's not necessarily the, the best one, but for us, it's it has worked really well. And for us, I think it's the best one. Yeah, interesting stuff. Hey, now let's go to some final questions. All right. What's <laughs> what's what's your favorite book and why? This this is a difficult question, but I have to say that currently, at least, it's Yuval Noah Harari's uh, *Sapiens*. This it kind of brief, brief history of humankind. I think it's the sub uh, subtitle. So I'm a huge history geek, and I think the way Harari describes our history as a species, mind blowing. The kind of the origin of modern religions and how we back in the day worshipped animistic gods how and how capitalism and science are are so interconnected and uh, what happiness is or might be and what is the purpose of us in the universe or is there purpose of of yeah. us living here in the universe so i think that's just a, just a great book and yeah i i, I think it, it also underlines the fact that at the end of the day it doesn't matter what it says in our business cards or pay, paychecks or whatnot we are all just humans and i think also that's the kind of the essence of leadership as well it's just human to human interaction and very kind of straightforward so that's i think that's also why why i feel that the book has resonated so well there's a have you read the comic book version of sapiens that's i haven't i didn't even know yeah. it exists <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the for people who love comics the version nice yeah. Hey, do you have a story that has shaped you in how you approach your work today? Well, I, I, I guess I briefly already mentioned it in the execution part. It's not necessarily a story, but just the how I kind of fundamentally approach stuff that I do. Like I've, I've been seeing this kind of performance coach a few few months now. I finished a company called Lavu.io. Great, great people there, uh, and. Um, one of the sessions we had with our with, with my coach, we, we pinpointed this this slogan for me that I just briefly mentioned, this mieti ja tee, which loosely translates to think and do. And I think it's super simple. Might be a might might sound a bit foolish, but I, I think it really cap captures the, the essence of how I feel that things should be done. So if 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 you just do without thinking. Um, you're just doing and you're not learning that much if you just think and don't do anything you're you're not not moving anywhere either so i i feel it's important to balance these out in a in a very effective manner but yeah that's i think that's more a philosophy rather than a story yeah yeah that's cool as the final question henry uh what what's the best way for entrepreneurs founders ceos to get in contact with you uh, well, you, you can you can ping me LinkedIn, Henry Lindgren is my full name, and you, you can also shoot me an email at henry at I'm more than happy to, you know, if, if anyone wants to speak about hyper casuals or hybrid casuals or leadership or form a book club ab- around the Sapiens book or the comics, I'm mm. more than happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was so much good. Good chatting with you and uh, you really too. looking forward. Thanks. But really looking forward to seeing you and the company now grow and develop and all the good things that are coming. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Joachim. Thanks. Okay. See you, man. See ya. 
Bye bye. Bye. If you like our content, please hit follow or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app so that you'll get notified when next week's episode is available. And in the meantime, please go and check out our website at EliteGameDevelopers.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter on what's happening in gaming startups. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye.